What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, uh, well, it's early, early Tuesday, January 22nd, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 387. Uh, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody is staying warm. I don't know where you are right now geographically uh, in the country, uh, whether you're in the United States or overseas, wherever you are. But I could tell you right now, New York City and New York State, I should say, is literally glazed over with ice. It is frigid. I'm not one of those people that are like, you know, go to the deli. And do that small talk, that weather small talk. Like, boy, I'll tell you, it's cold out there. But, like, that's really what it is right now. It is freeze. It is so, it was so cold yesterday that today is like 19 degrees and it feels okay. You know, 19, 20 degrees feels like somewhat decent and warmer than yesterday. Yesterday was easily under 10 degrees at one point. Um, so it is uh, definitely like, it's cool because all of the branches, all of the leaves, they just look like glass. They look, ju- everything is iced over. Um, I had to put a shitload of salt on my walkway, on my driveway, which is a pain in the ass because my driveway is kind of long and it's like downhill and there was a ton of ice patches on there. So I had to make sure that shit was done, but it was, it was, co- it was so cold, <laughs> It was so cold yesterday. My dog, Lloyd, his favorite thing to do, obviously, like most dogs, is uh, speaking to, hey, put that down. He's got my wife. He's in love. He loves my wife's slippers. He just runs around my wife's slippers. He thinks they're like his toys. Um, He loves going outside. The wind was howling yesterday, and it was so fucking cold. We opened the door. Not only did he not go out, he looked at us like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. And then he went upstairs and I was like, come on, Lloyd, come out. And he was hiding from me. Like, this is a dog who lives for outside. And we have a ton of land up here in the woods. So he gets to see the deers and the squirrels and whatever is out there. Um, and just go nuts. And like, it's like his TV. It's like his day. Or as a trainer told Giannis Papas once, when they go outside sniffing around, it's them reading the paper. And that's what he lives for. Not yesterday. I mean, yesterday was like, hey, maybe we'll do something. We're off. Martin Luther King Day. Maybe we'll go out. It was just like, shh, yeah, no, we're not doing that. It's freezing and windy and uh, we are uh, going to sit uh, sit inside and do nothing. So I uh, hope everybody's warm wherever they are. What sucked is my dog was like, yeah, well, you know what, guys? Uh, not only am I not going there, but I'm a dog and I have to shit, so I'm shitting in the house. So, of course, I found uh, I found where he did that downstairs. Smart dog. He does it like right in front of the garage, the door going to the garage every time he does it in the house. So, like, he knows, but he was just like, look, I don't know what you want from me. There's no way I'm squatting outside. My paws are going to be in ice and slush, and my ass is going to be freezing. I'm not shitting outside. I'm shitting in the warmth and comfort of my own home. And I got to be honest, we didn't even get mad at him. We were just like, I get it. You can't. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, he's a smart dog. He gets it. He's like, look, guys, I'll shit outside 99.9% of the time, but blizzards and four-degree weather, I'm shitting in the house. That's just what it's going to be. I'm just going to take a shit in the house and, and enjoy the ones that I can 
uh, indoors and in the warmth. And I didn't even get mad. I was just like, did you do this? You know, you do that shit to dogs. I was like, Lloyd, did you just do this? Did you poop in a house? And he was just like, yeah, I did. And uh, next time it's four degrees, I'm going to do it again. So um, got a good show for you guys. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Got um, talk about the NFC and AFC championship games. The uh, Saints and Patriots going to the Super Bowl. Going to talk about... um, Gonna talk about some stuff that was going on with the in the media. Um, gonna talk about uh, was there a movie? No, I finished that. Uh, what's it called? Murder Mountain, which I think I discussed on there. That was really interesting. Um, was at Two Roads Brewery in Connecticut, which was an unbelievably uh, unbelievable pleasant surprise. That was so. Um, anyway, let's get to the. Um, Let's get to the sponsors real quick. Capper Network, guys. Go to Capper Network. You got one more game of the NFL to go to Capper Network, and then I guess it would be all NBA on there. But uh, CapperNetwork.com is a prediction sports prediction site. You go on there. You pick games. You get up on the leaderboard. If you get up there, you do good. People can buy your advice. You can make money that way. You can also sign up. It's 100% free. You sign up. You log in. Um, and you could bet off of what the leaders are, are, are doing. You could make money that way. You could even draft handicappers and have like a fantasy draft uh, capper team on there, capper uh, handicappers where you pick the best guys on the leaderboard and you can make money that way. It's just an amazing, amazing um, you know website. So much fun. Uh, I didn't quite get to 50% of my picks. I was in the 40s. Um, but I know some of my listeners did. Uh, I will make. I'm gonna actually make my Super Bowl prediction this week. I know every. Oh, we'll wait till next week before. No, it's not gonna change, and it's gonna be the same. And if something changes, you know, because of either, uh, it's not gonna be weather because it's in a dome. But if something changes because of an injury or something like that, I'll obviously revisit my pick before kickoff and do that next week. But I will give you my sports prediction um, this week. But check out Capper Network. By the way, shout out to Scott and Tucker over at Capper Network. Uh, those guys are so awesome. And uh, they sent me an amazing, they sent me amazing cigars. And they sent me something um, with TVE engraved on it. And it's just awesome. So please um, support them and, and, and sign up. It, guys, like I said, it's completely for free. So you can um, you can check that out, make your picks, do all that stuff for free. Get on the leaderboard, make some money, and uh, have people pay you for for your picks too. So it, it's it's just an amazing thing. Check it out, read about it. Go to CapperNetwork.com. Like I said, you have options, and it's for whether you're new or whether you've been uh, doing fantasy and handicapping for a long time. You can learn all kinds of stuff on there, and and they also have um, they also have contests. That's right, like a Survivor Series thing that they were doing. Um, you could check that out, read about that online, but you basically submit in, uh, your picks and you can just, you can win a, uh, a nice pot, win, win some money that way. Ton of different things to do. Check it out. The best prediction site, cappernetwork.com and all things comedy guys go to all things comedy, um, for now specials, content, cooking shows, travel shows, comedy, uh, albums, comedy specials, and also of course, the amazing podcast network, um, where, uh, you know, this, uh, yours truly resides on there too. So please check out, um, all things comedy, follow them on Twitter at all things comedy. Uh, let's get right into this. I'll start off with sports a little bit after that unbelievable championship weekend. Um, 
two games that were insanely entertaining. Uh, one ended in tragic fashion for, for the Saints. I mean, what can you say? Um, the other was an unbelievable game. It seemed like whoever was going to win that coin toss was going to win the game. That's pretty much what happened. Um, but I don't care who you are, man, woman, or child. If you were old enough to understand the game and you watched the game, I like I said, I don't care who you are. I, I was talking to people and heard people that didn't even know sports or care about sports or care about football got into that game those games like wow that is exactly what championship weekend should be that is exactly what you want from the best NFC and AFC teams going at it um you know I I I thought the point spreads were perfect seemed to be as a matter of fact uh, at least until regulation uh it just it was it was insane um you know, I I had this weird feeling the Rams were going to pull it out just by the way that they were hanging around and the way that they came out after being down 14 to nothing. Um, I did not know it was going to happen that way, the way that it happened. So uh, I'll get right into it because it was really um, brutal. Uh, for you people that don't know or if you don't care or whatever, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to be on football too much. Um, I know a lot of people overseas in Germany are like, fuck this. You know, I get that. Just, I don't know your accent, but you know what I mean. Like, I know you don't give a shit about me talking about American football, or maybe you do, but the Rams played the Saints in the NFC Championship game, which was the first game of the week. And it looked like the Saints had it had it in hand and, and 14 nothing. but then they came out. It was so loud in there. The Rams couldn't hear what the fuck they were doing. Then they come back, they get points back, and they end up, you know, and the game is close. Basically what happened is it was a back-and-forth battle, but right before the end of the half, Drew Brees and the Saints were about to go down and score, and there was one of the most blatant, brutal uh, pass interference non-calls ever. I mean, the defender got beat by the receiver, ran to the receiver way before the ball got there, and just helmet to helmet, knocked them, knocked them down, and helicoptered him, really. Didn't just knock him down, helicoptered him. Okay? For you people, what's helicopter mean? Meaning this guy's running full speed down the sideline, about to catch a pass. The defender panicked because he got beat, meaning that, that he, he was late. So instead, he just didn't care when the ball was going to be there. A defender obviously cannot touch the offensive player or the receiver before the ball gets there. Not only did he touch him, he flew into him and went helmet to helmet and spun the guy around like a helicopter. Okay, and then the ball shows up and arrives, which every time they call the flag, and if they do call a penalty there, the Saints are in, um, you know, in position to basically score, get a first down, whatever, and um, and pretty much go to the Super Bowl. And they did not call it. And it was insane. The defender thought it. They even told the Saints, and this is what makes it so brutal, is they even told the Saints, like, we're sorry. Not only was it pass interference, it was helmet to helmet. So basically, the Saints would have had the ball on the one-yard line. Uh, the one-yard line, first and goal from the one to go to the Super Bowl, and it, you know, so, and it just, they didn't call it, 
So I have to, unfortunately, I hate to do it. I'm not whining. I'm not a Saints fan. If I was a Giants fan, I'd be fucking devastated. I'm not going to lie. It's something you don't get over, like the coach said, to go to a Super Bowl. So that is my unacceptable for the week. The non-call, something's got to happen there. Uh, They're obviously going to change the rules after this year. They're going to do something where, like, the New York offices that see everything in slow motion in a, you know, are going to call up and say, look, you got it wrong. It's blatantly a flag and do that. You have to, especially with so much on the line. But congratulations to the Rams. It sucks. Yesterday they were talking online, and, and I mean, uh, yeah, on TV, on ESPN, they were like, it sucks that they have to talk about this and they can't be talking about congratulating the Rams. But I will say this. In the Rams' defense... The Saints won the coin toss, didn't score, and then the Rams end up, what, kicking a 57-yard field goal, which looked like it would have been good from 70, uh, and and ended up winning the game. So, look, and you never know. You never know if the Saints go down to the one and and get a turnover. You don't know what's going to happen, but pretty much, you know, it was a brutal call, which probably cost the Saints the Super Bowl. But that's the way it goes unacceptable, the refing all year, unacceptable, the bad calls, another unacceptable I'll throw into this whole one, this is all one unacceptable, is then in the Patriots-Chiefs game, they called a roughing the passer when the defender's hand just hit Brady's chest, they got that wrong, you know, that's another thing that the offices in New York could have saw that and go, no, that's not, you know, I get the fast, the fast motion, these guys can't really see everything right away, they do the best they can, you know, in real time, naked eye in the real time. I get that, but just awful, awful uh, officiating. Uh, but this, the Pats, you know, listen, as much as people want to talk about, you know, overtime, should there be overtime? I've moved on now to the to the uh, Patriots and Chiefs. It was a great game, back and forth game, goes to overtime, and uh and then the Chiefs just couldn't stop the Patriots. The Patriots just ran the, uh, threw the ball, uh, ran the ball and threw the ball right down the throats, and Kansas City could, couldn't stop it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was rooting for Kansas City just because I like Andy Reid, and I'd like to see him and a guy like Mahomes get that opportunity. I would like to see him win one. But I'm not one of these, like, Patriot haters. You know, it's like we're witnessing something you're not going to witness again. So as much as you hate it, try to enjoy it because you're never going to see a head coach and a quarterback go to nine Super Bowls again. I mean, it's just what's happening is is actually it's it's actually comical. It's actually comical how ridiculously good Tom Brady is. I mean, you could say anybody could say what they want. He just doesn't make a mistake in the big moment. He just doesn't. The pass to Gronkowski, only Gronkowski could get it. The pass to Hogan, that one-handed pass, only Hogan could get it. He's throwing darts to to Edelman right in the middle of the field to go down. And I got to tell you something. I saw the Kansas City Chiefs play the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football. Shout out Steve Mazzilli. Me and Steve Mazzilli were there. Uh, And I said... This Kansas City Chiefs team is not a Super Bowl caliber defense. It simply isn't. And you know what? If they were a Super Bowl caliber defense, they would have stopped the Patriots or or at least just let up a field goal and had the opportunity for Patrick Mahomes to get the ball again and see if the Chiefs could go down and tie it with a field goal or go down and win the game with the touchdown. But they didn't. They let the Patriots run down the field catch all these passes, run the ball in, run it down their throats and score a touchdown, and off they go to uh, Tom Brady's ninth, ninth Super Bowl. 
and potential sixth ring, which is crazy to even think about. I mean, how crazy is that? This guy's went to nine Super Bowls in 18 years being in the league. That's 50% of the time he's in the big game. It's basically like the AFC Championship is a regular season game to this guy. Um, So, you know, yes, I know it would have been nice. I have no problem with having an extra period of overtime instead of the sudden death thing. You know, like, okay, let these guys go down and then see if these other people could answer to see what the defense is going to do. But that's not the rules, and the Chiefs couldn't stop anybody. You know? What did Rick Margeris rest his soul? He said they couldn't stop him with a gun. They couldn't. The Chiefs just didn't have an answer. The Patriots running the ball, and that's it. It's so funny, too. Everybody rooting against the Patriots. Everybody was like, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. It's like, well, stop them then. Stop them. The Giants did it twice, and the Eagles did it once. Stop them. You're not going to beat Tom Brady if you don't get to him and sack him. Um, anyway, so that was, that was it. But the unacceptable thing was just these awful calls, either these non-calls or calls. It's just terrible. If it's going to be that bad, just have a review of every play uh, that's a big play. Like have a, you know, anything that could be a first down, anything that could be a score, um, anything in the third or fourth quarter, like do something, but something's got to change because it's just... It's, you can't have too much on the line. Could you imagine being a Saints fan? Seriously, could you imagine being a Saints fan? Maybe, think about this, a Saints season ticket holder. You go to every game, you're excited. You, the kids, oh my God, we're in the NFC Championship game. Drew Brees is having an MVP, uh, MVP caliber season. We're going to go, we're going to beat the Rams. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. This is amazing. Oh my God, If we get, he's, he got the guy open. Boom, a blatant pass interference, no call, and then you just lose. It's tough. But it is what it is, everybody. While we're talking sports, I'll just keep going with it, and then we will move right on. That's right, everybody. This is the Verzi Effect, TVE, episode 387. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are uh, staying warm, and uh, hope you guys are uh, smoking some sticks. By the way, I've been good with the booze and the sticks. I've, I've, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx anything, I'm going to Vegas tomorrow for two days, but um, drinking less, having one or, you know, it's hard when you drink red wine, it just goes down like fucking grape juice, but drinking very little, staying away from the dark stuff, uh, watching my cigar intake, the cigars have been less and less, things are, I'm doing good, I'm sleeping good, losing some weight, feeling great. Um, yeah, I think the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl, guys. I, and, and what shows me that is this is a different uh, Patriots team uh, the last two weeks of the year uh, against the Chargers, running the ball. Sony Michelle, White, Burkhead, these guys just running the ball great, getting a ton of yards, and then opening up the pass. Edelman, Gronkowski... Um, you know, would I like to see the Rams win? Of course. I'd like to see uh, Goff go in there and Gurley and a young coach go in there against, you know. But uh, I'm not going to be upset if they don't, you know. Uh, part of me likes when the, when the Patriots keep winning because it makes me think of the Giants. But the Eagles kind of took that away. 
You know, part of me wanted the Patriots to win the Super Bowl last year just so the Giants and Eli would be the only people to, to you know, take them out. So that, that that's kind of bittersweet seeing them lose like that. Uh, but uh, I just think with the running game, you know, it's a pick em. I mean, how can you count? Honestly, how can you count out Tom Brady right now? Unless there's a big injury report, I'm not changing my pick. I just think the Patriots, plus the Patriots lost it last year. Um, I, yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking the Patriots all day. And if it's a pick em, I mean, I saw in the paper it's a pick em. The line might not come out until next week or whatever. My guess would be that the Patriots are like two and a half to three and a half point favorites, three point favorites, somewhere there. That's what my guess would be. I don't think the Rams would be a favorite here only because Brady and Belichick are back in the game. The experience, you got a you know, a new quarterback in golf going and a young head coach. So I, I couldn't imagine the the line being um you know, the Patriots an underdog. I, I just don't think that's gonna happen, but I don't think it's gonna be a big line. But I'll take the Patriots. I would take the Patriots by seven. If the line was six, I'd take the Patriots. Um they're going to run the ball and control the clock. That's what they're going to do. They're going to keep that offense off the field. Now, here's the thing, though. The Rams have an amazing defense, so all we could hope for, everybody, is a good game. And if the game is anything like the NFC and AFC championship, whoever wins, at least it's awesome. And then we'll get Saquon in there next year. Eli, one more run. So that's it for sports, everybody. Uh, Yankees didn't make any big, big moves. They're just working on the bullpen, doing great with that, but that's pretty much it for sports. So moving forward, I want to thank everybody who came out, guys. If you guys came out to Two Roads Brewery. So I got booked when I got back from Europe to do this, what I didn't realize was a very known and popular brewery in um, Stratford, Connecticut called the Two Roads Brewery. They have great beers. They have like this bar it's like a nightlife thing but then you could also while you're drinking at the bar you and groups could schedule a tour to go into the brewery and you go in there you drink you have a good time whatever they've been um doing comedy shows there i didn't know to you know know what to expect it was completely sold out um amazing crowd i had amazing time there a lot of fans a lot of people who saw my special a lot of people who saw me in the New England area before came out. Like I said, I couldn't believe the amount of fans and how it was. So thank you so much if you came out there. I would love to do another show there. That's how awesome it was. Uh, great time. Um, my older brother, his lovely girl, Aaron, came out. And they had a great time. And I had a great time. And it was just a lot of fun. So uh, support that show, guys. If you are in the Connecticut area, Stratford, Connecticut area, you know Two Roads Brewery. If you see a sign for a comedy show there, go. You will not be disappointed. You will love that shit. I had a great time. Um, it was, you know, cold and I wanted to get home, so I didn't take any beer. I could have went on a tour and they would have given me a bunch of beer to go home. I'm not trying to drink beer. I'm not trying to get fat. If you drink beer, you get fat. And I wasn't trying to do that. What are you talking about, Paul? What are you, a bitch? You don't drink beer? No, I don't drink beer. All right, because I don't want a gullet and a huge fucking gut as I get older. I'm trying to, you know, I don't give a shit who you are. If you drink beer, you have, they say you have to run like fucking every beer you drink, you got to run a mile. Think about that. Every beer you drink a mile, four times around the track gets rid of it. Okay, so if you drink a six pack, you're just never going to get that off unless you're a marathon runner, which you're not. I'm not doing that shit. 
I'm not. You know? Do you imagine drinking three beers and then being like, all right, dude, I got to go 12 times around the track? It's like, what? Why would I even? The whole time you're sipping the beer, you're like, is there a. <laughs> in shape guys drinking a beer on the treadmill, like negating it, just sweating. Um, let's move on to. Let's move on to. Let's move on to the media, everybody. Let's move on to. Oh, and I also have a couple of you guys wrote in. I'll see if I could get to those two. So you guys saw that there was a Catholic school that visited the Lincoln Memorial and some of the kids, they had Make America Great Again hats and then a Native American man was there beating on his drum and everybody saw the picture of what looked like a rich white asshole smirking at him and you wished him harm and you wanted to punch him in the face, as did I. All right, I was like, what the fuck? Are they they're threatening this guy? Are they yelling at this guy? Are they doing this and that? And it just made you mad. And all of the posts and the media were saying this and that. And then one of my buddies, I'm not going to mention names because I don't want people getting mad at this and going on, but one of my buddies posted something. He's a known comedian. And he said, hey, wait a minute. If you look at the video, nobody's threatening the guy. Some of, some of them were even dancing along to his beat. Uh, and the guy was just looking at him, smirking, and there was no threatening, and this and that, and if you looked at a longer version, nothing really bad happened, this and that, so I'm not going to lie, I wished the kid harm, I did, I'm, I'll be the first to admit it, I'll apologize for it, I never like to wish violence on anybody, I even said something on a Twitter like, you know, I'm not for violence, but if somebody punched that look off his face, it would be very satisfying, and maybe it still would, just because it was a dumb looking face, however, that being said, when you watch the whole thing and you realize, wait a minute, these kids were on a trip, they were there, and then this Native American man, I guess, I think he lied to the media to get through. He got through and he just started banging his drum and doing that, I guess intruding on what these guys were doing. And I'm not saying these kids acted mature. I don't really know exactly how it went down because I wasn't there. But what I do know, which is another example of the shitty media on both sides in this country. Yes, there's some good journalists. Somebody was like, hey, love you, buddy, but I don't want to lump, you know, don't, somebody said something like, don't put all the media. Look, I get that. I get that, guys. I know it's not all of the media, but when it's out there in everybody's face and it's going viral and it's on social media, it's those fucking people and that's who I'm talking about. You know, that kid could have got killed. Somebody could have saw that kid and wanted harm on him. Because I was like, I got so mad thinking that these kids were surrounding this guy. That's the way it looked like. I felt like people were surrounding this guy and intimidating an old man who was a Vietnam vet. The way that they presented it. And that wasn't the case. It was not the case. I'm not saying some of those little pricks weren't assholes who could have been slapped around. You know, you wouldn't mind to see one of those little assholes get slapped around, maybe. I'm not saying that that's not the case. Everybody, you know, not everybody's going to be cool in a situation like that. But the way that the media presented it was not what it was. And I think that, in a nutshell, is why everything that you see out there is not what it seems. Nothing in life is what it seems when the masses go one way with it. There's two sides to every story. People need to know that. So I was just like watching. I was like, oh my God, like it's a totally different story. It's a totally different thing. And of course, high school kids are going to be dickheads and yell and do this and say this, of course. But 
for major networks to make it look like they surrounded this guy and they were intimidating this guy. Like, I was actually mad going, fuck these kids. You know, this is bullshit. You don't do that. Like, and all. And I was like, no, that's not the case. It's not the case. So, I guess the point is, I'm not going to go into it. You guys get it enough. The point is, just watch what you, you know, be careful what you look at. And see what, you know, see what they're trying to do and what it really is. Because I didn't see anybody saying like, fuck you, old man. Yeah, you Indian fuck. You know, I didn't see anything like that. I didn't hear anything like that either. So let's move on to what you guys wrote in. And this is from Gunner. It's a sick name. Gunner. Is that your real name, dude? Gunner is just like your parents were just like, let's call him Gunner. Um, be funny if you were just like an accountant. All right, here we go. Gunner says weed. That's the subject from Gunner Weed. Oh, I like this. I like this guy already. Um, I like this guy already. Let's go. Here we go. Gunner says, hey, Paul, this isn't really an unacceptable. It's a question. So with many states already making weed legal for recreational use. Okay. Yeah, that's happening. Uh, for recreational use and the state that me and you both call home. Uh, on track to be next. I was just wondering what your thoughts are on weed. I smoke daily, but only after work. Uh, I look at I look at the same way as having a beer after a hard day's work. I'm actually high right now. Just prefer to light one up instead of drinking a beer. But anyways, I was just curious about what you think. Your number one stoner fan. Um. P.S. I'm from a small town in Westchester. I'm not going to name it because I don't want your name to be. So it's cool to get an opinion of somebody in my neck of the woods. Well, yes. Best Chester, buddy. Um, I'll say this. I'll say this. There you go. Check out my special. I'll say this. Streaming right now on ComedyCentral.com. You can check it out on my uh, website. I believe still the numbers of online numbers are number one. I believe. Um, I believe. I believe. All right. I'll say this about weed. It's obviously healthier than drinking. It does not kill your insides uh, or your organs the way drinking does. Um, me, I prefer a drink more because the effects of weed on me, I have nothing against weed. And I have nothing against somebody that smokes weed. Uh, I hit that sour diesel one time and I felt like I smoked a Xanax. I felt amazing. I didn't overdo it. I enjoyed it. And that's the way that I smoke weed. So when I smoke weed, if I do it very smart, which for me is a couple of little hits, feel how strong it is first, then I can make my decision on how hard I'm going to go after. Um, if I do that and I'm smart with it, I definitely enjoy it. But I do not like being out in public, in social, like out there socializing high out of my mind. I get paranoid. You know, I don't even like being home in my house super, super high. I remember one time a buddy was over, he had the pen, and the pen didn't do much. It was just like a relaxer. So finally I was like, does this thing even work? And I kept hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. And next thing you know, I was basically hallucinating. So, um, and I, I'm definitely not for edibles. I'm not for the way edibles creep up on you. Again, I'm sure if you do it a certain way, if you do it in small doses. Um, but, you know, I, I will say this too. I know some people that smoke weed every single day. And when I talk to them, 
as opposed to talking to somebody who doesn't smoke weed every day, I notice an effect on them for sure. Um, it's not so much that they're like dumber, <laughs> you know, it's not, they're not like, oh, more dumb, but they're just a little bit like burnt out a little more. Like it seems like, um, you know, obviously I'm not going to mention any names, but I know people, friends and family who smoke every day. And there's a little bit of a, not that they're not as smart, but there's like almost a little slower, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, man, I was walking to like that whole stereotype of a stoner or a burnout. I definitely do see that. And for me personally, and this is not gunner, this is nothing to do with you or anybody that you know. Um, but for me, and maybe it's because I got to be on stage or maybe it's because I just want, I don't want the, the effects of it. But I'm like semi-fucking-dumb for two or three days when I come down. Like, I get a weed hangover, I'm cloudy, man. Like, if I get baked out of my mind, I'm cloudy for two or three days. So I always made a conscious decision that if I'm going to smoke, it would be when I'm off for a few days or a week. I'm not performing because I just don't feel the same. I got a very kind of like a mopey, tired, cloudy, foggy hangover, and I don't like that. So for me, I'd rather have a couple of vodkas or a couple of wines or just one or two, like, you know, just a shot of bourbon with a cigar and leave it at that where I'll get a little buzz, but I still, you know, I'm talking, I feel good. And then whatever, maybe I'm a little tired in the morning, but I don't feel as cloudy. So, but I definitely don't hate on weed smoking. I definitely don't hate on, but if you watch Murder Mountain, it's a little fucked up with what's going on up there. And I think anybody who smokes weed on the regular should just check that out because it's a, it's a serious doc. Uh, people are gone missing up there and it's about people growing it and selling it on the black market and the white market. You know, so it's the people that decided to file the papers and do it legally or the people that were just up there in the woods and doing it like, you know, fucking outlaws and, and whatever happens, they're going to deal with it. Um, I would check that out, too. But, you know, anybody, listen, I'm not somebody that's going to hate on weed, but I, I guess, I, I guess this is going to be a bold statement, what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it and whatever. I, I, I feel this way. If my son or daughter... If I had the choice of my son or daughter socially, now granted, please understand, I'm not saying anything extreme or doing it every day or alcoholic or pothead stuff, okay? But if my children, if I had to choose my children to socially go out and responsibly have a couple of drinks or recreational smoke weed on a, on a daily thing, I would choose the drinking because I would hope that they wouldn't do it enough to kill their liver. And I just wouldn't want the brain cells to get like, I, I'm not going to lie. I had friends that were like, yo, man, what's up, dude? Yeah, dude, we're going to burn one down and hang out in the fuck. And I'm just like, you didn't talk like that before. I don't think you did. You're just high out of your mind always. And it's making you slower. I've literally have friends that are just doped out of their high out of their mind. It's like, yo, Verzi, what's up, dude? You want to fucking... And I'm like, I just, I'm just talking like I want to go boogie boarding when I talk to the guy. Like, I feel like just sitting at a beach for the rest of my life talking to these fucking people. So, you know, I, I it just, it made me a zombie. It made me sit there going, but I'm not going to lie. When I had a couple of puffs of that sour diesel, I felt incredible. I like the body high, not the mind high so much, like the muscle relaxer stuff. 
So I know that was long-winded, but like that, those are just my thoughts on weed. Like I don't think it's bad. I don't think anybody should, you know. Look, here's the one thing about weed that's better. You don't turn into a raging lunatic, asshole, violent, want to fight everybody, you know, alcoholic. Because alcohol has an effect on people. There, there's the other thing. I'll do the flip side for you now. You got that Jekyll and Hyde friend that's clearly an alcoholic. That's the sign of an alcoholic. Totally two different personalities. You know that fucking guy or, or, or woman who just goes from like fine to like fucking. Who the fuck? What are you fucking? I remember one time I was hanging with this kid and this kid had like a hollow leg. I haven't seen this kid in years. But I was caddying with him up at a country club in Westchester, golf caddying when I first started to, you know, try to make some moves in comedy. And we went out for some beers. And I remember we got like an 18-pack, right? And I was on like my third beer in like an hour and a half. And this guy had like 11 empty cans or bottles next to him. And I was just going like, how is this? You know, those fucking people, you're just like, is this guy? I mean, this guy was throwing down brews like he was drinking spring water. I never seen anything like it. This guy was, I literally looked, I think I had just cracked my third beer and he had, he just was about to crack his ninth. And then by the time I was done mine, I think this guy had like 11, 12 beer. I never said anything like it. And then we were walking and talking. We went to a bar and we were playing darts and everything is fine. I think we might've got like an appetizer. Everything is fine. And then we were walking out of the place and he was like walking into poles and shit, literally. He was like walking into street signs. He was this guy was doing the fucking Harlem shuffle just by himself. Like he just it, it all hit him after probably 20 drinks. And I go, dude, are you all right? Like are you going to be and he's like, "Why? What are you giving me shit? What are you going to?" And like he changed. And I realized like the people in his life know and I'm like, "Oh, I'm I'm hanging out with a straight up alcohol <laughs> alcoholic." Fuck, I you know, I used to have friends that would drink and automatically just want to go fight. Go fight people, go, you know, I remember one time he was, we all started punching ourselves in the face in high school. Like I had a welt on my face that I did. We would do the burnt cigarette between two forearms and whoever pulled away first was a pussy and got scars for that. It's like the dumbest shit drinking does. I don't think that that happens with weed. So I'll give weed the check mark in that column. Um, and if I was going to think that my, I'll even give you this one. If I was going to think that my kids would have a problem with either alcohol or weed, I'd rather them have the problem with weed. But if they were going to do it responsibly, I'd rather them drink, if that makes any sense. Just because of some of the things that I've witnessed. But to answer your question, dude, whatever floats your boat, if you could function and you treat people with respect and you're okay and you're not just a fucking mumbling idiot, and that which is on you anyway, I'm all for it. God, I'm, you guys are making me want to, this shit's making me want to puff one. That, that body high, though, is nice. I'll tell you what I like more than anything, and it's just too dangerous, is, um, is, is like a, what's it called, like a Xanax to just mellow you out, you know? But then that gets addictive, you know? You don't want to just always be on some shit. You know, when I was going through my depression really bad in 2016, there was a time there where I was just popping a Xanax at night just because it was the only thing that got me through to like settle my mind, make everything, make the thoughts come slower and just slow the game down a little bit. But then I was like, all right, like, and then I would go to like a Xanax and a half or like two Xanax and then I would just be sitting there and, and it felt good. But I'm like, I, you know, I can't do that. So, but I like not drinking right now. I really do. 
or I like being able to go, yeah, I can have one or two glasses of red wine and just stop. And that's my thing. And like, I'm doing this thing where I'm trying to coach myself because I also want to find out if I was an alcoholic, you know, you want to find out, do I have a problem? Am I dependent on this? And through everything that I've been through, no, I I don't. I'm just one of those guys. I like to continue to feel good, but I'm able to tell myself now, and it's still something I'm working on, but I like to tell myself now, look, you're buzzed right now. And I'm able to do it during it. Like I did it the other night and I did something I normally don't do. I poured a couple glasses of red wine and then I had the bottle and there was probably only about 15%, 20% of the bottle left. And normally I would just finish it. And instead, I corked it. I put it away. I'm like, you don't need to get more buzzed. You had your wine. You're good. And I stopped. And I was proud of myself for doing it. You know? But, um, yeah, it's hard sometimes. It's it, it's hard. And, and I feel amazing not doing that. I do. I feel great just, you know, being... Um, I feel great just wait, like going to bed at 11 o'clock at night or 11.30 and being exhausted and then waking up at 8 o'clock in the morning ready to take on the world because I didn't drink. And I and you're more productive and you get shit done. So um, let's see what else. We got another one here. Thank you, Gunner, for the question. Uh, this is from Saren. Unacceptable. What is this? Okay, Saren says, Hi, Paul. Will you be at the Royal Albert Theater with Burr when he comes over? Unfortunately, I won't. My uh, European tour days with Bill are over, at least for this year or this tour. Um, you know, I'm, I got my own headlining coming up, which you guys could see all the dates. I think things are going to change in Buffalo. I don't know if I'm doing the Buffalo thing anymore. Um, anyway, uh, here's what he says. Anyway, ha- uh, how's this for an unacceptable? The guy selling drinks on the side of a busy road. A- He's slowing down traffic to sell beverages. And B, uh, he's just gone to take a leak in the bushes on the side. Guessing he doesn't have uh, telekinesis to control uh, his zip and dick wrists. Uh, He urinates and has to touch his piss-stained dick to shake it off and handle the zipper. What a surprise. There's no sink with soap. Uh, to clean off his hands on the side. No matter, I'm sure his patrons don't mind dick sweat urine coating uh, the container uh, their beverages in. Mm, yummy. And I see the guy. So it's somebody driving in the car, and there's a guy in that like re- like green reflective material and a hood and the gray stripe selling drinks on the side of the road while people are there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's like, listen, dude, I don't see any Purell anywhere, and you're clearly not doing that when you're running up to cars as they're driving. So you're touching your dick. Did he have gloves on? Let me see. No, it doesn't look like he's got gloves on either from the picture. Yeah, that's a good call. People take for granted how many people are touching their dick and then touch things. You ever think about that? There's always a, like, my, my stepfather made a good point. He goes, after you wash your hands in the bathroom, then you have to touch the door. And the guy that took a piss and didn't wash his hands then takes his dick prints and puts them on the handle of the door. So now your clean, washed hand is now rubbing all over this guy's dick prints, and now you have his dick remnants on your hand, and you go back and you eat a pretzel or grab your drink or shake somebody's hand. 
And now some guy named fucking Neil's dick prints are all over everybody's hand because Neil touched his dick, urine got on it, he just wiped it on his fucking sweatpants or jeans, opened the door, and then you touched the door. It's gross. That's why I wash my hands and I eat and I kind of open the door with my shirt or I'll use a napkin to open the door. Something like that. But I think like that's the way that you have to do it because um yeah, I mean what else what else are you going to what else are you going to do to avoid it? I'm grossed out by that. Thank you for the uh Saren, thank you for the unacceptable. You know what would be... Oh, you sent a bunch of... Oh, sorry. Okay, you sent three pictures. All right, so here's him and the run into the car. Oh, yeah, and there, there he is. He's sitting there on the side of the road. Was it a cooler he's got there? Yeah, he's got like a little cooler with, with drinks on top of it, and he's selling it to people. Um, I mean, listen, I'm not knocking the guy for making money, but it's like I can't watch you take a piss in the woods and then come up to me and my family and start handing us drinks in a car. I don't even know you. You know, like maybe if it was my brother... I'd be like, dude, did you wipe your hand? You know. <laughs> um, what else did I want to talk about? I think we're up at like uh, 50 minutes here. And where are we? What else do we have going on here? Um, I don't know where we're at. Yeah, so I'm not. I don't care about the tennis. Yeah, we already talked about the missed calls. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that was all for the, the sports and the other thing. I think there was another thing that I wanted to talk about here though. Ah, yes, this is what I wanted to talk about. I just remembered. All right. So I'd like you guys to write into the show about this and let me know, uh, me and my wife and, uh, a family friend were talking about this recently. Want to know your guys' opinion. I'd love for you guys to write in if you had an issue with this. Okay. I... My wife yells at me and people say that I let other kids that are hanging out with my kids and misbehaving get away with something. I don't mean get away with something with my kids, but if I see a kid acting up, let's say, I'm just going to give an example. So if my son Lucas is downstairs with, let's just say, his buddy Joe, right? And Joe is a made-up person. I'm just doing a hypothetical here, okay? Just a general name, Joe. Um, and my son's friend Joe is downstairs with my son and my daughter's there and Joe starts doing something that's really not appropriate and good. What I'll do is go, Hey Lucas, I don't want anybody down there. You know what? Like I do it in an indirect way because I don't feel comfortable disciplining somebody else's kid because if somebody did that to my kid, I wouldn't like it. But at the same time, if my kid is acting wrong, I guess it's okay. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, have any of you been in a situation where a kid that was hanging out with your son or daughter did something where you were just like, hey, Joe, we don't do that in this house. And if you continue to do that, you got to go home. I know that that's pretty much appropriate and okay, but I have a problem with that. And I don't know why. So I do it in this indirect way. Um, unless somebody is really, I'll be like, hey, guys, none of that. Like I'll do like, like I'm speaking to all of them. Hey, guys, none of that. Um, and my wife and our family friend was going, no, I have no problem. You know, one kid was at our house. I'm not going to mention names, but they were playing a video game system and the kid was like throwing around the controller and my wife goes, Hey, don't do that. And he goes, I could do it. I'm the guest here. What are you going to do? Kick me out or something. And my wife was like, I don't care if you're the guest. You don't do it. And my wife kind of went in 
And my wife was right. I don't know how I'd react because I'm afraid. I don't know if it's the times we live in, but I'm afraid, you know, some little prick's going to go back to their parents and go, he was mean and he did this. And all of a sudden I, I got this bad relationship when I, with the family when I was just trying to do the right thing or be okay. So it must have happened. You know, it must have happened when you were like, um, I had, I had one, I had one that, and maybe it's because of this too. This has actually just brought back a memory. I had a friend whose father was an alcoholic in grade school and he had a party down at a park and I wasn't invited to the party for whatever reason. Maybe it was like a different class, a different grade and he had all of his friends in the grade there, but I was just at the park and I walked into the party to say hi or to do something and the drunk father came and he put his like finger on my jaw didn't really hit me or do anything, but he put his finger on my jaw and like lightly shoved it and said like, you weren't invited, like did some shit. And I think my stepfather went and spoke to the guy or something happened where he's like, what, what happened? Like, and I remember it wasn't enough to say that he hit me. It wasn't enough to say that he did anything, but it was enough to, I remember walking home really upset and shook up about it. So, and I was just like, but you know, the guy was an alcoholic. The guy had a problem clearly. And I guess, I don't know what happened between him and my stepfather, but I guess it got worked out. And I really don't know what happened, but I know that they spoke. Um, that's a crazy thing. You know, now listen, if I saw a kid showing my kid some YouTube shit that had bad curse words or naked stuff or something like that, I'd go, hey, hey, none of that. We don't do that. Like, that's one thing. But I'm talking about, like, if the kid's just being an asshole and the kid's personality just sucks. And believe me, my son and daughter, unfortunately, everybody's got friends that you're like, I would never hang out with this kid. And I know my kid's not going to hang out with this kid later in life. Do you know what I mean? There's definitely, there are some kids that you're like, ah, oh, they, they don't act right, but they're not a bad kid too. There's always like the kid that's like kind of an asshole. You know, I've learned things. I've learned things about kids um, that, you know, which kids have a tougher time. You know, there's certain there's certain things that you got to be like conscious about too. A kid's adopted, you know, a kid's going through so a kid's parents, he's the only child's parents getting divorced or some shit like that. You got to be like, all right, this kid's going through something. But then there are just assholes. Just there are literally asshole kids, and I don't care what's going on at home. I don't care if their parents are great. I don't care if their parents aren't great. There are just kids that are no good. I believe that. I believe that. I've seen it. Just, you know, I think parents are a huge contributor of an asshole kid. I think if a kid is a dickhead, um, I would say more than 60% of it probably lays on the parents because they could do more. However, I think that there are kids that just are nice in front of adults and then when they're alone, they're just assholes. They're just assholes and they, they you know, they try to get away with shit and stuff like that. And I think that... Um, you know, that, that's what I try to, you know, I don't want around my kids, but I just don't know what, I just have a hard time saying something and I, I'm, I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, you know, Lucas and Sophia's dad is real. Like he, he yelled at me and he said it when all I was doing was saying, no, you're being a fucking asshole. Stop it. You little prick. Nobody likes you. I don't want you in my house, which is very, very, very rare, but those kids exist. So Please send in to Unacceptable for TVE if you have a story where you lost it on a kid or a parent lost it on your kid and they were unjust doing it or a parent lost it on your kid and your kid deserved it and you were okay with it 
or finally they went at your kid and you did not accept it, you didn't like it, and now you and that those people aren't friends anymore. I'd love to hear the story and read about it because I, I just love the psychology of it. I love the fact that there are some kids that are just no good and people in life that are no good, and then there are some kids that are enabled and could be better, but their parents just aren't good, good enough or strong enough to do it. And, and those people, you know, get exposed, parents will get exposed if, if people actually see what's going on. Uh, so that, th- that was definitely something that I wanted to talk about on the show. Because there were a couple of times where, like, I wanted to yell downstairs when I saw some shit with my kids. And I'm going, you know. But, and I also feel bad doing that to my kids. You know, some kids down there, Joe Smith, whatever the fuck kid, he's down there doing something. And I'm like, hey, guys, guys, none of that. And then my son or daughter feel like I'm yelling at them when it's like this bad influence. And look, I'll be the first to say this. Um, When I was growing up, I did a lot of stupid, bad things as a kid. Because, um, you know, I mean, I guess I learned shit from, from about myself from my parents' divorce and uh, you know, I was just I was very insecure. I didn't my my parents had a brutal divorce. They weren't around. I didn't know a lot of stuff, right? So what I would do was I was trying to get acceptance from people, right? So my friends outside the house meant everything to me. So if I would do something bad or illegal and they liked me because of it or they laughed at it, then then I was like, then I felt good. It made me feel good because I was, you know, they're like, oh, he's funny. I like him. He's, you know what I mean? So when I made people laugh, even if it was doing something bad, and I did bad shit. I did bad shit. I got arrested for things. I was, you know, I did juvenile delinquent shit. I did stuff that could get you in trouble. Um, all, all to either make myself feel good at the time or to, to appease somebody or be accepted by somebody or be accepted by a group that I felt was more of like a family thing than actually what I had at home. Um, so, and I learned all this later in my life and shit, but one thing that I always was, and people who arrested me said it, I'm not even kidding. I had police officers who arrested me go, man, you know, you're you're a really good guy. Like that'll go a long way with the judge. (laughs) <laughs> like when I would get in trouble in school and try to make kids laugh and get detention, they were like, oh man, he was like, they would tell my mom, he's really respectful and nice. He treats adults well. He does this. I was just like lashing out because of shit going on in my life, which kind of annoys me now because looking back at it, I know this podcast just got serious, but like looking back at it, there were things done in my life by adults in my life that made me do certain things that I wish they didn't. And it gets me angry at them because I look back and I'm just like, I wasn't, I wasn't handled properly. And I'm never going to blame somebody for my actions, but at the age and at the time I was doing something, I look back and I'm like, wow, certain things should have been done that weren't. And, um... And I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that way, you know, because you start, you get older and you realize it. And there were things that I did that I could have been killed. There were things that I did that could have put me in jail and changed my whole life. And luckily, through the grace of, you know, God and, and, and luck and, and all the things, I, you know, I was able to, you know, grow up. And, and get a, a lot of bad shit happened to me young. So I think when I was in my early 20s, like right around comedy and everything, I was able to, to change things in my life. But I feel that, um, you know, 
I did things for the reasons that I know why, and I, I grew grew out of it, thank God, for reasons obviously I know why. But I was always respectful and not mean to adults and and or or people that like my elders and stuff like that and and i'm glad that and i think my kids well a if my kids did any of the shit that i did i would be devastated so my main goal is to make sure that they don't do any of the stupid shit that they did um that i did i should say and and you know they are gonna they they treat people with respect and all that but i was just curious about the friends because if they had a friend like me I would be okay with it. And I'm not just saying that because it's me. Because I would say, oh, that person's respectful. That kid's just, you know, that kid's just trying to get people's approval. It's funny. Fast forward, I'm fucking, you know, telling dick jokes in the basements sometimes. But I think I always had the ability to make people laugh and tell stories. And as I got older, I just honed that skill. And stand-up comedy was such a, a, like a, comedy was such an amazing thing to me. So I think because maybe I knew I had the skills to make people laugh when I saw people like Eddie Murphy and Rodney Dangerfield actually do it for a living and I was young, I think, oh man, this could be something and eventually, obviously it turned out to be, but, um, you know, I look back at the shit I did and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so lucky. I'm lucky. Like I did illegal shit to get other people's approval because of shit that was going on at home. Um, yeah. So Jesus. I was just thinking about this, like, I wish there was, like, people I could apologize to or things I could do, it, you know. And then I did some bad shit just because it was bad shit and I thought I was cool. Like, you know, I, I, and everybody's got their shit. You know, everybody's got their stuff. So I guess the point of what I'm trying to say is there are good kids, there are bad kids, and then there are kids that are finding their way. Um, do you yell at the kids that aren't doing good with your, your kids and, and doing the right thing by your kids? Or do you just talk to their parents? And I guess part of the message is it's okay. We all fuck up, right? We all do stupid shit. And looking back at it, like this is literally making me want to call a therapist and be like, look, I got to talk about shit I did when I was younger. I mean, I didn't do fucking horrible, horrible things, but just stupid shit that if my kids did, I'd be devastated. And you don't realize, and it's funny because your parents always told you what? My mother always told me. My mother always said to me. You'll see one day when you have your own kids. You'll see one day when you have... And to you, that's an eternity. You're like, oh, what, when I'm old and I can't, you know, walk anymore? And, and all of a sudden it creeps up and you have your own kids and a house and you're living that life and you're like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, you got absolutely. You know, one of the greatest sayings ever, if I knew then what I know now, right? So, anyway... There you have it. I know that got a little deep at the end. And uh, we're sitting here talking about dick prints on doorknobs. And the next thing you know, I just went to therapy on here thinking about the shit that I did and the, the bad kids that are going to influence my kids. You ever sneak out at night? You ever sneak out a window at night and go drink and go out? I would have my friend pull up, turn his headlights off. I would crawl through a window of my house, go to a nightclub. If God forbid something happens... My parents find out, no, you know, I remember seeing that. One of the most horrible things ever was somebody snuck out and got killed in a drunk driving accident. And when the cops came to the house, they go, what are you talking about? She's in her bedroom or whatever. And, and she, she died. She went out and died. Like, you know, not saying that, that obviously, thank God that that didn't happen to me or any of my friends. But I remember sneaking out, going to a club, coming back. And I guess that's part of growing up. But then you think of, oh, my God, if my son or daughter does that, am I going to kill them or just hug them when they get back safe? 
Things to think about, people, on TVE episode <laughs> 387. Shit just got real out of nowhere. I'm sitting here talking about missed calls, dick prints, you know, slapping rich white kid looking faces off the, you know, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you got, I got people checking their kids' bedrooms tonight. But, um, and I want to also uh, thank everybody. You know, I always thank people, um, you know, I always thank the soldiers who listen to my show. Shout out to all the soldiers and military who listen to my show. Shout out to you being away from your kids and your family to go out, protect us and all that shit, man. It's so admirable and, and I love you guys for it. And the fact that you listen to my bullshit is great. But I also want to shout out all the people, all the European listeners out there. People listening to my podcast everywhere, Germany and Hungary and, and there's people people in uh, where Croatia and, and, and Poland and, and everywhere, man, uh, the Czech Republic and uh, Austria and, and Italy, all these places, Greece. Um, thank you so much for listening and reaching out, especially after the, um, after the tour that I did out there with Burr, the amazing messages. I read them all. If I didn't get back to you, I'm sorry, but I read them. I appreciate it. I tried to get back to as many people as, as I can. Um, but it's just been awesome, and I will be coming back to Europe hopefully on my own tour. I'm going to work that out with the agent and everything like that. And in the meantime, if you guys want to check out dates, um, something is happening with the Buffalo date. It might be changed. I was supposed to be there the end of February to the beginning of March. That might change, but all dates will be updated and on the paulverzi.com uh, website. But for now, I can tell you that like I will definitely be at all the dates that I told you Um other than the Buffalo one, which I'm still working on, and I'll know for sure when that date changed and, you know, when it, you know, when and where that's going to take place or whatever as far as the date change. But um, I'll be at Bananas in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, March 22nd, 23rd. I'll be at the um, Improv uh, Comedy Club in West Palm Beach, Florida, the 29th of March to the 31st, and then the next weekend, April 4th to April 7th, I'll be at the Tempe, Arizona Improv. So those are all a go, and then I come back, and I'm going to be in Poughkeepsie at Laugh It Up. That's happening. Uh, I'm going to be at the MGM uh, Casino, Roar Comedy Club, in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts in May. A ton of stuff. A ton of stuff coming up, so please check out paulverzi.com. Going on a big tour this year, more dates, more clubs. If you listen to this and you want me in your city, you want to see um, me work on my new hour and, and tour and all the shit, please contact your comedy club and tell them, request me. My agent will make it happen. Um, this has been episode 387. Thank you, guys. Check out Capper Network. Uh, dot com. Make your prediction on the Super Bowl. You can see where you land. All things comedy. Check them out. Thank you, guys, so much for listening to the show. This has been TVE 387. Oh, finally, thank you, new Patreon subscribers. I got a bunch of new Patreon subscribers this week. The last episode we did was with Bill Burr. We did a great one in the hotel from Europe. I'll be doing another one this week, either from home or from Vegas. Um, so check that out. $3 to subscribe. You'll get more stuff. Uh, thank you guys for that. And we are working on a new show for Patreon, which I will announce soon too. Thank you guys. Uh, I am out of here. Until next time, I will talk to you guys soon. Take care.